and we are live with Raph. What's up, man? I was just talking how much I love your your N64 uh, sweatshirt, dude. I love it. How you doing? The best I've had all day, man. How are you? Uh, you know, it's been an eventful day. Uh, honestly, I woke up at like 10:30 this morning, and uh, I drove. I was driving Uber till about two in the morning last night. So when I put the boys to bed, it's like, hey, okay, let's go make some money and, and drive some Uber. So I actually, uh, and I was like, all right, I'm not gonna set an alarm. I'm not gonna set an alarm. I'm just gonna see what happens. And uh, I don't know, like seven o'clock, I got jumped on, but they they left me alone after that. So, but I'm good, man. You wake up exactly at 10:30, or was it 10:32, 10:34? I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't in a rush today. I was just like, uh, I've been, I've been this balancing act of like, I'm realizing like I, 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 what is it? Outkick your coverage is what they would say in sports. And I have a tendency to do that sometimes. And so I'm making sure that I, I just kind of take some time to myself and relax and say, it's okay to slow down a little bit, knowing that how much I've got going on, how much I'm trying to do and, but also being, uh, it's almost easier to focus on work and like those things than it is to focus on like parenting, right? Like, cause you can, like kids grow really fast, but they grow really slow at the same time. Like mm-hmm. if, if you're really present with them, they're, you're cooking dinner with them, you're showering with them, you're playing with them two hours in the river, like you were talking about on Instagram. Yeah. So it's, uh, and that, that is really taught me to slow down as just being a parent and like so it's it's been a big big thing for me so and I, and I think what you're talking about is also um what it's taught you what's really important right fact like, focus in on what's really important and how how can you attribute more time to that uh it's kind of funny that we were kicking out the conversation with uh how do you wake up or what time you woke up or that you didn't set an alarm to wake up um so a little bit of, I think you knew this, like I was in the air force for 12 years. Yep. Right? I, I, I say this to everybody. I loved every freaking day of it, man. Like I worked with really cool people, solved really awesome problems. Uh, it, there just came a time though, when I wasn't waking up to my first alarm, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. But on a, like my first alarm would be set for like six, six Oh nine or six seventeen, Right. But it would be different every single day. But on a weekend, I was waking up at 5.30, 6 o'clock because I was more excited to do what I had planned for the weekend. Um, so I think that's one like the, the first things. Like, that's funny. That's how we're kicking out the conversations. What time do you woke up today? But that's one of the reasons why I ended up getting out was because I wasn't excited about my days as much as I could. I, I feel like they could be because I felt like I was doing way more on days that I wasn't going, putting on a uniform and going into work. Uh, where I was having a lot more expectations on days that I was looking forward to. That is so big because um, that's kind of what I got to with morning basketball. So for the, I would I would set my alarm at six o'clock and I'd be hyped up and I'd get there. I wouldn't hit snooze. I would just get up and I would go. And I mean, what you're saying says a lot about one, even like the courage to change, right? Like, so you're doing 12 years, having that recognition that like, I, I probably shouldn't, or I, something's not exciting me enough. Just having that awareness, like that's huge. Most people don't even have that. And then making a decision to say like, if I can't get excited about this now, how am I going to do this for another four, five, eight, ten 10 years? I don't know. What was, what was the thought process going through your head? Tell me that. I mean, there was a lot. All right. I, I think it's also knowing ourselves, right? Um, being 
being able to make a change is really dependent on what kind of risk you're willing to assume or what kind of change or what kind of lifestyle you want to lead. Um, although, like I said, I, I felt like I was having a huge impact while I was in the Air Force, I felt like I could be doing more, uh, which is 100% the millennial answer. Uh, I just want to create more good. I just want to be able to do more. Uh, but I, I, I honestly felt that way. I, I felt as if um, my skill sets and the opportunities might have been greater if I was able to focus more time on those. Uh, so when I was in the Air Force, every single day I would shave my stupid face to uh, a quote. Um, it's a quote that I found in 2007 on my first deployment. And it goes, I shall pass through this world but once. Any good that I can do or any kindness that I can show to any human being, let me do it now. Let me not defer nor neglect it, for I shall not pass this way again. Right. And so every single day I would think about that. I would be like, like it would be like subconsciously because I would read it and it wouldn't be like, oh, let me let me die. Let me break down this quote every freaking day for the last 10 years or whatever it was at the time. But it, the genesis of behind it is like, how do I create more good? Like when I go into work, I'm affect my my what I do affects other people. How can I create that good? And so instead of there came a point in my Air Force career, I was like, man, if I'm creating this much good within it on an individual daily basis. How, what if I made that my entire life, right? Instead of day to day, what if I made it just my goal to create more good? How much more of an impact could I have? Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I got out. And I, I felt like uh, there was kind of gates on me, right? That I had to stay in within the Air Force. As far as I would be moving to four, three or four more bases, I would, I, I would still have an impact uh, but it might not be as great as it could be if I had gotten out. What is what is impact? Like when you're saying what what is impact? When you're talking impact, you're using the word impact a lot. What do you what do you specifically mean by impact? Right, and I think that's different for everybody too. Sure. So, like you're saying, the impact for me is how can I affect the most people's lives in a positive way? How can I create more good? Right, from doing morning basketball, like just to get a group of dudes together to play. Uh, to working at mile two, right, uh, where I'm at right now, to being able to give back to the communities I used to work with every single day when I was in the Air Force, uh, to just having a coffee or a breakfast or lunch. I probably, uh, so when I got out of the Air Force, I, was, I didn't really work for two and a half years, which is super fortunate like, and super lucky that my runway allowed me to go that long but i probably had over six five six hundred lunches coffees dinners lunches conversations with people just like this scale like sitting across from them like just learning and just being able to listen to them and that's an impact too just listening is an impact like there's a lot of times where uh, people don't feel listened to or at the end of the day just having that kind of conversation that you're like okay that felt good i don't know why it felt good but that felt good what is uh, 600, 600 lunches, dinners, and coffees? 500, 600. Like, it's a ton, man. Like, if you, people are like, what do you do all day when you're not working? I'm like, well, I'll wake up. I'll go grab coffee with somebody. I'll have a lunch scheduled. I'll, I'll, I'll plan out some sportial stuff. Um, and I'll plan a trip to go somewhere. I'll have another meal with somebody, grab a beer with somebody afterwards. Just a lot of different things. I find that interesting because... There, I was trying to look up a quote, and it's just the distinction of, of there is no distinction between life and work, 
right? Like they're, they're, they're almost, once you get to, to a certain point, they're, they're the same. It seems like when you change your purpose and your mission every day when you wake up to how do I create the most good to have a most positive impact on the people around me and the world around me, like that could come from working at a nonprofit that can work at volunteering at a soup kitchen that could be, uh, you know, selling sportsful games. Like it seems as if it doesn't, it doesn't attain itself or uh, maybe that's not the right word is to stick itself onto just one one area so work and life to you to you seems to be more one just one thing it's not it's not separated it has to be and that's and like i think even when we talked like i didn't associate sportsal with me right like we, we just knew each other we just interacted with each other you know like or i don't want to be defined by any one thing at the end of my days like at the end of my days i would just like hey you knew ref how did you know him? dude he was just a good dude that's enough Right at the end of days, like he was a good dude. Um, that would be a win. Where does that? Where does that? Where does that like gratefulness come from? I mean, were you were you in an environment as a young kid that way, or did like something specific hit you, or was it that quote when you were shaving? Like, how how did you walk into this like state of just ultimate gratitude and and having an impact? Because it's not common. People are very selfish people, man. <laughs> um well i'm not saying i'm not not selfish i think we all have to like look out for ourselves at at some point i'm not saying i am or i'm not i I, and i'm not saying that uh, i'm completely unselfish right i don't think that's the that's where i'm pushing but i think the thing that i think about is just like our upbringing right like or my specific upbringing my parents taught me to be grateful for what we had uh they were um immigrants to the United States, right? And they met in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I think uh, I, I wrote a little bit of um, an article on why, when I got out of the Air Force, the four reasons why I quit, right? Uh, and one of the reasons was because um, I, I felt like there was something else pulling, uh, that the world was conniving uh, to put me in a greater spot, that all these kind of incidents wouldn't happen uh, without something bigger and better and to have more of that impact that we kind of talked about before. Like my parents were both grew up in different parts of the Philippines only to meet in Cleveland, Ohio. Right. That's unique. You know, my grandpa was in the Bataan death March, um, fell off, uh, it was thrown onto the malaria pile where he was supposed to die. For some reason, my great aunt snuck into the camp that day was looking for him and took him off the dead pile and nursed him back to health in the Philippines during World War II, right? What, what? Yeah. I didn't know this, this story. All these kind of, all this kind of stuff, like the world's like, and I think that's, it, it's the same for every single person. Everybody has that kind of story. Like where we're all kind of like, if we, like the world's conniving to put us in these different positions. Um, even right now in 2020, all this stuff that's going on, it's not bad, right? It's not a bad thing that this is all happening to us all at one time. Right. It's, it's. What do you, what do you mean by that? Because that, that I can, I can just hear people in the back of my mind. Cause like I, I share, I, sh- I want to hear where you're coming from, but when you say it's not a bad thing in 2020, like all the things going on, obviously uh, there's a podcast. So people could be listening years from now, but it's like, what's going on with the black lives matters, coronavirus. You're saying all that stuff is not a bad thing and what what's your perspective on that because i, I think we're probably going to be in, in in a lot of agreement here 
Yeah. I, I think it's not a bad thing because it's putting us through adversity, right? It's, it, um, it's putting us through, through moments that were uncomfortable, right? So that we can have good conversations. Uh, I think there's an acknowledgement. I, I say that I want to create more good, but I don't know what that good is. There's a lot of I don't knows, right? Um, with the Black Lives Matter, there's a lot of, the, the, the known is that everybody's life uh, is worth something. And how do we make that happen? But, but specifically focus in on the current issue of how do we make Black Lives Matter, right? right. That's, the, that's the conversation. Uh, and it's making a lot of people feel uncomfortable. And that's good. Uh, it's making people think outside, because when you're uncomfortable, you're outside of what you're used to. It's making people think outside of what they're used to. Uh, and that's when a lot of good things happen. Same thing with the COVID-19, um, with the coronavirus, right? We had to transition on how we interact with people on a daily basis. We had to figure out who we are. Yeah. It's like, a, what is it? What is it? Like the necessary evil, right? It's like, I, and I kind of, I think you, you uh, for me, I, I, the coronavirus is like taking a lot of systems and things, in my opinion, and bringing them up to speed. I wouldn't even say a lot of people have talked that I listen to have said it's, it's taking us more into the future. I, I almost just feel like it's bringing us into the present because I feel like we like just, for example, the education system is just is so archaic and it's like seems like it's holding on for something that. It just doesn't want to change, but it definitely is so obvious that it needs to change. And if it can change in a week's time, how, I mean, that's not, you don't go into the future in a week's time, right? You come into the present in a week's time. You, you can come back to center quicker than you can go into a new change of a new being, right? So like, I, to me, I think the corona, speaking to the corona is, is definitely a growth phase and being uncomfortable and people don't like to be uncomfortable. But when we say people don't like to be uncomfortable, like a lot of people who uh, I you know, I follow their content or I want to surround myself with the, the thought process of being uncomfortable is, is yes, the stuff that they're doing or that they're putting themselves is uncomfortable, but they're willing to seek that out. And so the difference really for me is that a lot of people who are unwilling to change, like there, there seems to be a huge distinction, a divide between those types of people who like comfort, uh, which I mean, I like certain aspects of comfort, but I understand that if I want straight teeth and I get braces that my teeth are going to hurt. Right. And like, I've got to go through that experience in order to do that. And I feel like a lot of people uh, forget that that's, that's kind of the process of, of morphing or changing. Yeah. And, and I agree. I, I think um, what you just said was, was on the ball that sometimes uncomfortableness does bring pain uh, that, that's why we, the this, this part of the conversation started with bad is good in this kind of case. Sometimes what's going on is good. Yeah, you said, yeah, you quote, quote unquote said it's not, it's not a bad thing. And, and the reason I want to kind of explore that a little bit is because I think a lot of people would get their quote unquote panties in a bunch about what do you mean? Like you must be super privileged or, you know, which you already saying you are super privileged because you I know, story. yeah, I think, and I, I mean, we stop to find if we all can find our one thing that we're privileged for, I think that's a benefit, right? Like, and forgetting, I think I, I drive Uber, as you know, this, and I literally, I drove 8,000 miles in 40 days, like here recently. 
and all in like the Dayton area, right? It's not like I drove to LA and back to New York, back to Ohio, nothing crazy fun like that. But it's just the amount of people that come into my car, there's a good chunk of them that are super grateful, have grateful stories, they're grateful for what they are. And there's two people who are just complete victim mentalities. And it's like, I think some people need to go stand on top of a mountain and realize how small they are in a lot of this, not to depress them, but to kind of let them know that their, their little world that they, they claim is theirs is, isn't the only world that, that's here and exists. And like this, this, so many blessings are happening all the time. You know, it's like we're spinning on this huge giant rock in the middle of space and like what the hell is going on, right? Like it's just not everything. Is I think, I think that, 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 that that's an interesting topic, right? To dig a little bit deeper in because I, I have a similar but different viewpoint on it. Um, yeah, our worlds are little, right? But the only time you can change, the only world that I can change is mine, right? It's a, it, it, it's, it's 100% something that I believe in. Like I can't affect everything that's going on with the coronavirus. I can't affect every, every issue that I had when I was in the Air Force. I can't affect or solve all the issues that are, uh, are social, uh, that are happening in our society. I can affect what I can control, right? So in my little world, if I, if I felt victimized by something, how do I get past that and, and want to work on it to make it better? How can I control what I, I can control? So to move past that, that victim mentality, and which is a privilege that I am able to go into other things, right? Like I can make, get past my victim mentality, if it, if it is even a mentality, right? Um, how do you, what, do you, what are some of the things that you would say, how do you work through that? Because again, that, that's, that's sometimes a dilemma for some people is, I know that I've been through that, whereas like, I don't know how to, I don't know what the answers are. I know something needs to change, but I don't know what it is. Or I can like, how do you become aware? So for you in particular, do you have a practice or a discipline? I think it's being grateful one, but I don't think there's an answer for everybody. Right. right like, of course. When, when you're, when everything in the world is shitty and your world specifically is shitty, you don't want somebody to tell you, well, you have this thing that's going good in your world. You have this thing going good in your world. You have this thing. Um, you see, you just say, I, I don't know. I, it's, I can't say you plural because I don't have a good answer. I know that I, I get past it because I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. Right. I just don't have a good answer for that one. Well, and I wasn't asking what your solution was for, for the world here. But I'm, even for myself, like, I don't like when I have a shitty day, like, like the next day, I know it's going to be different. Right. Like, I think I, I kicked off this conversation is that this is the best day I've had all day. That's how literally when people are like, how are you? That's, that's what I've said. Yeah, it's a little rhetorical. It's kind of a dick move. I kind of say it, but it's true. It's the only day I have. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think a lot of people, <laughs> I used to even poke at people like, are you really good? Are, you know, like when they say, are you good? You know, are you really good? And, and then so I, would get, I got to this point where I was like, you know, like, no, I'm having a shitty day and this is what I've got going on. And then what I figured out is like, I look back at like, you know, six months of saying that to people and it just kind of compounded. It got worse, right? It, it, you know, it started getting shittier and shittier and to the point of what you're saying is like, people get an Uber and they say, how you doing? I'm like, fucking wonderful. Like, this is an amazing day. It's the best day ever, just to your point. And you can, you can find yourself, one, it seems like you have an understanding. It seems that like life, life's moments are temporary, right? Yeah. Like, like 
this too shall pass this this moment this experience this this uh, this anxiety this jealousy it, 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 this uncomfortability this pain this cold this hot this heat this blah 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 that we could complain about it'll pass and so what do we want this what do we want to enjoy out of this moment of even in when we're in pain and discomfort what do, what do we what can we do to enjoy this uh, and there's a quote um, that I would say to myself is like life is full of joy let this be a reminder and I the reason I I kind of even still bring that back into myself is because for me that quote is something that works for both sides right so when I'm having a shitty day or I'm feeling frustrated or anxious or jealous I can say that quote life is full of joy let this be a reminder because I know it will pass. And the same thing when I'm running around at the river with my kids, it's like, it, it's when I start getting distracted, what should I post to social? You know, how am I gonna build my brand? You know, uh, how am I gonna pay my bills? Like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is trying to strip you away from the moment, right? right. It's, it's always that. And so for that, that quote is like, life's full of joy. Let this be a reminder. It brings me back to my present moment. And, and so I know I kind of went on a tangent there about that, but it's, 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 um, yeah, that's how I feel. Well, I think a lot of what you're saying is that you found, you figured out what, what you want most in life, right? You want, how can you figure out that joy? Like, what is your mantra? What is your life motto? It, like, if we were to tag Kale Marker, what would the Kale Marker's tag be? Right? Like, when I died, like, what, would, what my tag would be, I, I hope people would say he's a good dude, right? I, I would hope that uh, when, I, when I think about doing things, like even uh, when, I, when I was like thinking about doing this podcast, right? One, do, I, I always ask two questions. One, does it create good? Because if it doesn't, then I don't want to burn time because I'm super respectful on time. Uh, and then two, is there something unique that I can share, right? Or is there something unique that I have the capability to bring to whatever action or whatever team or whatever conversation that I'm going to have? And how does that make it better at the end of the day, right? So... In this instance, like, does this create conversation? And I know you're a good person, right? And then what unique experience? Like, I don't know of many people that uh, were in the Air Force for 12 years, stopped working for two and a half years to travel and talk to people and gain perspective, uh, and then was able to jump into a great company that has a, a background that I have, right? Like, with the two, my parents being immigrants to the United States that built my faith system as well as my my moral compass, one might say, my desire to uh, live every day to the fullest. My mom says, why are you always so happy-go-lucky? Um, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, they helped build that mindset for me. So so are you speaking to Mile 2 for that? What's that? What, you say you're working for a company who shares a similar background as far as, uh, you know, parents and, and immigrants, I think is what you said. Is that where you're working at uh, Mile 2? So what I like to with my work at Mile Two, uh, with what we're doing, is one they're bringing on uh, on people that look at problems differently, that are super smart, uh, and they they are they take on cool projects that are super tough, and they're working with people that uh, the customer is are good customers and partners, and you combine all three of those things to try to solve a problem that could change the way uh, humanity or that career field does things, that's a home run. Um, so that, like, so when I was, so when we talk about create good, does mile two work toward creating good? Yeah. Um, check. So what unique skill sets and abilities do I have that can make mile two even better? 
check, right? Like there's, there's things that went through my mind like, okay, I could bring this to the table to make my OT better. Yeah, and I think a lot of, that is something personally I struggle with is like, what is the uniqueness that I can share? And I think what I finally come down is it's, it's, it's everything, right? It's all of me. Like you can own, the only unique thing that you can bring is all of you because all of you is all of the experiences that you've done. And as you, as you know, it's like, not only am I driving Uber, but I'm, I, I, when I, I was 11 years old, my second job was mowing yards. And that's now kind of at 29, I'm redoing that. I'm like leveraging kind of all of these little skills that I have into this moment every single time. And uh, the reason I say that is because kind of like, it's the stories that I bring with us. It's all the moments, all the experiences that we have, that is the only value we can bring. So it almost says to the point is like, we have to be all of us all the time, all of our person, like completely out there in order to actually bring a unique perspective to, to share. What do you think? Yes. Yes. Uh, the reason why I say yes like that is because it, that's exhausting, right? It's it, it, like you really, because you got, there's a couple things that go into that, right? Time. Sure. Time. The time that you spend driving Uber is the time, is, is time that you're giving up doing to do something else, right? Um, if there's a trade-off with that. And then energy, right? I bet you there's some sort of scientific equation for the time and energy. I know that there is, but but the energy that you bring to the table to be yourself the entire time, right? Because sometimes it's hard to be yourself, which is, is which sucks, right? Sure. And that's why you, you want to figure out those places that you can be, that you can have those impacts so that you can be yourself and that you can make the change in, the, in your own world or in the world that you're trying to create for yourself so that they can, that can affect other people's worlds, right? Um, so, so when you talk about time and energy, if you're going 100% the entire time, what is like what, that time and energy? It shifts to somewhere else, right? Like if you're going 100% all the time here, there's all, there's something else that that's gonna lack. Yeah, you can you can only be in one place at one time. You're gonna be putting your energy into one. If you're saying yes to, to one thing, you're saying no to everything else. I guess uh, for me, I think almost if I was to explain that a little bit more is when I say all of me. Um, not conforming, not shifting to fit in is more of what I'm talking about is, is being who you are in all situations. And I, I have for me, and I think it's pretty similar. And I think it's obviously not obviously, but I think it's because of, you know, going through childhood and trying to fit in, in the school system and trying to find your way in your own family. And so you kind of try and find ways to fit in. And then for me, I've had to kind of unlearn these things where I've, here's where I fit in and here's like who I am. Like, mm -hmm. and so what I mean by being you all the time is like, if I'm tired, I'm tired. Obviously, like, I think we're, I get the image of a Roomba in my head, right? Yeah. It's like it, that, that's not a gun. It goes around, it cleans, it picks up dirt, it, it goes around and whatever, but then it has to go back to the docking station. Otherwise it doesn't pick up anything. It doesn't learn anything. Like, and in this case, as a human, it doesn't have, it can't give any value, right? Uh, for what it is and so we're the same way we have to go dock we have to go fill our own cup in this situation but it's being what i mean by being all of us is being honest with ourselves that like yes i i can go give my perspective i can go um, learn something new or i can go to sleep till 10 like whatever that whatever you need to do instead of trying to conform like you even talked about it a little bit it's like 
You know, I don't know how, what the discipline of getting through a victim mentality is. What I do know is that what works for me is just being grateful. And I think it's kind of that way. It's like knowing who you are so that you can actually create that uniqueness. So the more intimate that I get with knowing who I am and being uh, transparent expressively outwardly to like you and saying no to you, saying yes to you, um, the more value I think I can add. And so that's what I mean versus saying like, hey, entrepreneur work 100 hours a, a week. You know, like, I don't know that that's, that's what I mean by You're right. It, it shouldn't be tiresome to be yourself. Right. It should be energizing. It should be, um, it should find its own way and comforting. And it makes me think of, uh, I'm going to butcher this so bad. I think it's, it's, ooh. all right, I'll just try it. I, it, it's, I think it's Gandhi. Is it Gandhi? You may take everything away from me, but you can't take my love or something like that. I'm totally butchered that. Like you can't, you can't take me from me, I think is what the, the essence of the quote is. Mm -hmm. uh, man, I really need to look that up. I feel like a jerk. <laughs> but, but that's when you get to that place, discomfort and uncomfortable situations become bearable because you, 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 can, you know who you are and you're okay being who you are. That's been something I've had to learn uh, greatly. Here. I don't know. I don't know if you've had that process or if you're in that process or if you're past that process. Um, in what, in what case do you mean? Um, I mean, it seems, it seems that you, you have a, what do I mean by that? It seems like you're very solid in, in your belief system of who you are and what your position in this world is going to be. And I don't think everybody, I don't think everybody's that way. Yeah. yeah and, I, and we circle back on it, but like we are our experiences, right? And our experiences kind of teach us to what's important to us because uh, we learn from those. And, and when we learn to what's important to us, we can start driving toward that. Um, Toward, toward those goals, right? And my overarching goal is to create more good. Yeah. And when I understand my overarching goal, it makes everything else in it, it like, it's like, like, like in a camera, like the shifting around the aperture and being able to focus in on everything that's super important to me and how does it look in this, in this filter, right? I like that. So with that, the, that filter of, that filter being, how do I create more good? Yeah, man, I get it. it's it's super simple and it's dumb, but <laughs> it is not. It's it, it it is so simple, and it's like just even being um, being around you and see seeing that it's like it, it's it's pretty obvious that it, that it's kind of there. Hey, tell me about this Nintendo sixty four. You have a Nintendo sixty four? I do. Um, I um, so then, yeah, this is a weird story. Uh, <laughs> I picked it up for twenty bucks at TJ Maxx. I was going to. A friend's parents, uh, uh, friend's parents' funeral, and we were going to go sit around a bonfire afterwards. And I didn't want to sit around in a suit, so I picked this up, and it's became one of my favorite hoodies just to wear. I love it. Um, so you say you do have a sixty-four? I don't have a, a functioning one anymore. I haven't really like played too many video games recently. No, I. Uh, I would always play uh, the James. The, what is it, James Bond? Yeah. I went back, went back and played that. So we, my, my oldest brother, he's uh, 10 years older than I am. So he, that was like his station, his machine, like the Nintendo 64. <laughs> and he was always playing 007. 
And when I got into high school, so I was like eight years old. When I got into high school, we pulled it out of the closet, my buddy and I, and we played during lunch and we pulled that thing out. And going from just like old, like we had the first iteration of PlayStation and Xbox, going from the graphics from Xbox to that, and then trying to play uh, 007 GoldenEye was just like, you talk about changing the aperture, like that thing was so blurry. I was terrible at it. It's like so bad. At it. <laughs> Golly, man. And the, the CGI wasn't awesome in those kind of features. No, no, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was kind of terrible. So, but, so what else, what else are you getting into? What, uh, what, I mean, with sports show, you guys got a lot going on. Tell, tell some of the people, cause like you kind of, uh, said like, hey, you guys, I think you said it earlier. It's like, Hey, you guys know that I'm kind of doing sports show and stuff like that. But I got people who don't know who you are and they're listening to this. So, uh, what, what are you up to with sports show and like, what's, what's going on there? Sportsville's getting to a really good place, man. Um, PJ Falter and I started it about four and a half years ago, almost five years now, uh, with the main intent of bringing people together in a, in through games. Right? We found out that we were both on the same softball team, and I was a Cavs fan, he was a Cavs fan. We both had season tickets for half the, half the season, and they were on opposite. Like I got Plan A, and he got Plan B. And so we could just trade games. But we didn't know that until after the season because we never talked to anything other than softball. So when we, we started Sportial, it was, so Sportial is sport and social combined. How do we make it more social so that people can, uh, it brings people together through games in a more meaningful way where they can learn more about each other. Uh, so a lot of our games are intentional for that. So if we have a kickball game, uh, we'll also set up a social event a little bit afterwards that's gonna be intentional to bring people together. Uh, the intended kickball game would be to meet your teammates. The intent of the, the social aspect would be to meet the other people in the league. So same thing with golf. Like, how do we how do we make golf more social? How do we make bowling more social? How do we interact more people through these kind of games? So, yeah, man, I'm super pumped. We were our team is growing. We're onboarding a lot of awesome people, a lot of good ideas. Uh, we're developing processes to hopefully make it better for all the people that play. Um, we identified what our core values are, uh, which we, which has always been underlying, but uh, we actually just put it uh, on paper and we made banners. Uh, so those four core values are play harder. So work hard, play harder, right? Kind of talking to what we were kind of discussing earlier, we spent a lot of time working. And if that's, if work and life are the same thing, we need a, a space where we can play harder, right? We can have as much enjoyment out of everything, out of what we're doing and maybe even forget about the eight hours or nine hours beforehand. So play harder. Uh, when we talked about bringing people together, it's building a sense of community. So our second core value is community always. Um, we did do everything downtown because we want people to go out into the community to spend money, to interact with our local environments, right? Our local uh, economics. Uh, so that's community always. Uh, the third one is to do good, right? I think you can understand why that is. That's that. <laughs> that, right. that was yours completely. It's like, right. I mean, it, these are all a discussion, but like literally, if we can think about if we're going to do something, it does it create good? Does it? Period. Do good. Is it something that that will make uh, make the community better at the end of the day? Or when we make decisions, right? Are we making this decision to make money? which is never, the answer is never yes to that. We're like a break even if that organization, or what other ways can we do it? Like, how do we, how do, this was a big discussion. So we, we onboarded Buddy Pitts as one of our co-owners our co this year. 
because um, we identified it a need that we we were we weren't very good at marketing, right? But so in some discussions with Buddy, is like how does Sporshal get involved with the Black Lives Matter movement in a Sporshal way? How do we bring people together? How do we create good? How do we play harder? Right? Yeah. And the last one, uh, the, our last core value is start the party, right? And that's huge because like if you if you go with that mindset that you're the person or you're the person that is going to start the party. You're going to be the one that's going to be bringing people together, make people feel comfortable. You're starting the party. You're driving the conversations. You're making sure everybody's having a good time. You're making sure that if they have any issues, they can come to you. Right. So those are our four core values, but uh, super, super fun, man. Like, like just bringing, bringing people together through stupid games is, is, there's nothing else like it, right? Like it's such a simple thing to do that has, that can have a lot, lot a lot greater impact. I, uh, I, on a couple episodes ago, I had a guy from San Diego on, his name's Gary Ware. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram, but he, he sent me a shirt and it's playful as fuck, playful AF. And his, his whole thing is getting into organizations and talking about communication and productivity but then doing that through a level of play and then telling them how much play is important. So he's kind of got a cool little aspect on how he kind of gets into like bigger businesses and corporations and talks about how important play is. And so well, this is exactly what you're talking about is like, and, and that's one of the things that I, I, I love about Sportial is just, I, and I played ski ball. Right. And so that was a lot of fun for me. That's my first taste of Sportial. Yeah. Like, and, and Gary, the reason I brought up Gary is because Gary, it sounds like identify what your play is and identify what that moment of active rest is for your brain. Where are you completely focused? Is it, is it playing Pac-Man? Is it building Legos? Is it playing tag? Is it playing sports? And find what that is for you and go do it. And, and you know, thankfully I'm doing some basketball. I realized like I get really down. He's, he actually said the opposite of play is depression. He said, it's not, it's not work. The opposite of play is not work. The opposite of uh, play is depression. And I, that kind of hit me because I, I can see that when I don't engage in some sort of play, like improv um, or, you know, playing basketball or kickball or something like that, that, that leads to like, um, you know, a stagnant water type of energy inside of me. And I feel like I really need that. So when you guys are doing this and, 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 I love that you brought somebody on like Buddy to kind of help with marketing because I feel like when, and I reached out to you the other day, it's like, how, how do we do more good? I actually said, hey, how do we create more money for organizations? But to me, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. It's like, how do we create more good and more benefit for each other's um, businesses? Because we, in my opinion, we've got to be like, um, we've got to be multipliers for each other. Yep. You know, like how do we become multipliers? Because you know that there's this opposite structure or opposite realm of negativity that's out there and so in order for us to kind of do that we, we kind of got to band together in order to do that and so um, I think those core values as I, was, I did write them down because I, I like them and I, I can see all of them like you're saying already they were already existing it's just like how do we put them down on paper so thank you for sharing man. yeah and, uh, and I think it's like it, it's the thought process right like when we play games we get we get competitive it's not a bad thing, right? But if the, but if, it, if the important, the more important aspect of it 
is to feel part of a community, to be able to do good, right? To be able just to have fun and play. You can, you can kind of get past when there's a bad call, right? Or like when I'm driving the paint and you follow me, which just happens every fucking time. Like that, we can get past that. I won't get mad. Let's be 100% be honest. I don't think I've gone past the three-point line in about a, two years. <laughs> I go three-point line and three-point line. But, but it's, it's trying to get to that level, right? Competitiveness isn't bad. It's an awesome thing. I'm super competitive. Uh, but how, how do we translate that into improving relationships and building a community and building relationships that last beyond kickball? We've got, like, I think six or seven engagements just through the five years that we've been playing. Not being super purposeful. So, what do you mean six or seven engagements? What do you like people that have met through kickball or porn? Oh, you mean like, like engaged, like ring on finger engaged? Yeah, like drop oh, down oh, to the be like, hey, will you spend the rest of your life with me? Yeah. So I mean, and that's an intent, uh, unintentional thing that kind of happens, right? Because people are developing solid relationships that are past what the conversation of so where do you what do you do for a living so what do you like you know how's the weather because you have something already that we already have a baseline for a conversation like you kick the ball in my face you suck <laughs> buy me a beer right or what made you like how, uh, like what made you join this kind of league right how did you hear about it there's other ways that the conversation can start that are more meaningful on a less meaningful basis right some might say I love all that. I didn't know that. That's, that's, see, that's where following your gut and just doing the stuff, man. It's like just creating, I was reflecting on like what I want to do on my podcast. And there were nights when I owned my CrossFit gym, I would, you know, my morning would start at 4 a.m. and I would run classes. I wouldn't leave the gym till nine o'clock. And it ended with me mopping up and turning the lights off. And I, I have this vision in my head, just this, this past memory of just kind of like mopping and cleaning it up. And before turning off the lights, I kind of just turn around and I, I sat down on a box and just kind of stared at him like, holy shit. Like I was a year and a half, two years into it. And, and I look at just like all the dumbbells and the barbells and the pull-up bars and the mats. And then I just see all the people in there too. And like, you know, when they're going out there in the sweat and the grind and the high fives and the the intense learning faces and just all of it. And you're like, all because I decided to say, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah. You know? And, and I wish some people did say fuck it, you know, and just do it more because like what you're saying is like, can you imagine like the, it, I get so tied up and like my ego gets in the way of like, oh, I, I shouldn't be driving Uber. I should be impacting a million lives. Right. Like all this should like things I think I deserve. But the reality is like, Wait, wait, wait. What if I impact one person's life in Uber, right? And that person goes on to impact their family and then their child goes on to impact somebody else. So it's, 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 there's never a time to feel like where my ego can do that. And that's what the one thing that I just love about you is like that, that doesn't exist when you're out there. You may challenge yourself to kind of work through that at some time and talk about being selfish, but at the most of the time, it's like you're already winning because you're fighting that demon every day. Demon. Right. And, and just putting out good. And now you're creating families out of it and, and something that can go on as a legacy. Like, uh, you know, he's a good dude. Right. Like, I think you're yeah. really on your way to that. Uh, not that I want you to go there anytime soon. <laughs> but I mean, we kind of talk, it, it, life's limited, man. Like, you don't, 
in there's so many um, phrases that go to it, right? I, I don't know what the fancy word for phrases is, but mottos or quotes or anything like that. But when you look at everything that's going on, like in your life, when you when you when somebody close to you passes, that's when you start thinking about your life, right? It's like that's the, those are kind of the selfish moments where you're like, if I pass away tomorrow, what happens? Right. And, the, and a lot of the conversations that I have, a lot of those five, 600 conversations that I had, uh, kind of basic, like just like what makes people happy? What, what makes the world go around? Like, why do they do the things they do? Why did they spend 20 years at XYZ company? Why do they, uh, why do they become a priest? Why, like all these kind of things is like, what made them happy? Like what, what, what makes them happy? And a lot of it is their legacy or what they're leaving behind. They might say it in a different way or different terms. Like I want to make sure my kids grow up to be successful or I want, um, I want to make sure that my, my company has a lasting impact. Right. Or I, I, I was called to become a priest so that uh, my skill, like the, the guy that I talked to that was a priest uh, spent also 12 years, he was a Marine. He was a helicopter pilot. He had three deployments. I had three deployments. Uh, he owned a bunch of houses like from when he was in. I owned a bunch of houses. So I wanted just to relate with him, just understand what he came from. And like what made him happy was just being able to have the impact that, that, that God's calling had on him, right? And so he was, he was like, what if we, the, the, the common slogan is let go and let God um, but he really believed that. Like, what if we put my, if I put my life in the hands of the Lord to be able to shape other people's lives? That's his feeling. Um, that's what made him happy to, to be that instrument the, to bring other people. So, it, it's that wake up call, right? It's, it's, you know, and it's like I, for whatever reason, I wrote down calling and put a square around it. And it's, you know, I think at certain points in our lives, maybe multiple points in our lives, we get that that calling to, to go serve some purpose. Right. And, it, you know, and, and you come from all walks of life, spirituality, religions, whatever it may be. Um, but even like yours, like, how do I do more good? Right. Like, how do I create more good? That, that's right there on my paper. And, you know, and I, I, to me, one of the things that I've kind of really been doing, I, I'm going to wrap this up because I know you got to go home. But um, it's just like, how do I maximize the moments of joy that I have each day, not looking for instant gratification, but knowing that I want to live life for the next 100 years. So it's kind of like, how do I think, how do I live in the moment and prepare for the next 100 years all at the same time, and then hopefully leave a legacy that, that is worth it? Um, because I can't write a book to just today. I can't create this world-class, you know, yeah movie today like i can't you can't do that so you can't overwhelm yourself you just build it over time and so how do i maximize the moments of joy um in each moment doing the hard things too that help me for tomorrow and tomorrow tomorrow's of tomorrow so um hey what's uh i like to ask a question before we sign off and i i, I figured i was going to say well what's one piece of advice you give everyone but i feel like you're going to be like well i don't have advice for everyone it's just do more good um to do more good. So I already know that, but so I'm going to say, uh, what is one song that you just absolutely love? Yeah. So the song that, I, that that's lived with me since college is it's a great day to be alive. 
I, it's, it's a stupid country song, but I know every word, like, and I listen to it. And when it pops up on the radio, I'm like, oh, today's going to be a good day. Sun's still shining, 100%, man. It's a great day to be alive. Uh, where can people find you and find what you're up to? Uh, if you follow Dean Sportial, spelled uh, S-P-O-R-T-C-I-A-L, so the word sport and social combined. So at Dean Sportial, you can find out what we're doing there. Um, other than that, you can, you can hit me up on my Instagram. It's fang, F-A-N-G dot four. But yeah, man, that's basically it. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I appreciate you. Dude, thank you. Thank you. And I, I love what you're doing. You're doing a lot of, you're creating more good, as uh, one would say, in this uh, conversation. And it, it is, it's important just to talk to people and be able to record it. You know, I, I, I look back at all the times, uh, the old conversations that I've had, and I kind of wish that I would be, would have been more cognizant to, to take things down. Did I journal about them and think about them afterwards? 100%. But it would have been kind of cool to be, be able to have recorded them. So, yeah, man, I love recording, yeah. and it's, it's super beneficial. So until next time, man, I know you got to go. All right, see you.